go like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sexy song. It's, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's all about making out. It's a make out song. I think that's why that song is the number one song of all time. You know, if you really get into the lyrics, Hank Ballard was was being a very naughty guy when he wrote that song. In fact, Hank Ballard wrote some very sexy songs, and I was listening to him when he wrote a song called uh, Work With Me Annie. And you know, Gary, the background singer was going, oh, 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 oh. I mean, and work, work with me, Annie. Work with me, Annie. So let's get it while the getting is good, so good, so good, so good. I mean, he wrote those kind of X-rated sexy songs when I was in, maybe I was in seventh or eighth grade or something like that. Yeah. And he had a song called, after he had a song called uh, Work With Me, Annie, then he had another song called Annie Had a Baby, She Can't Work No More. That's, that's a logical follow-up. And every time yeah. she started working, she had to stop <laughs> and walk the baby across the floor. I mean, and then he had another song called Sexy Ways. He wrote all these sexy songs. So the twist, when he wrote the twist, I mean, it was just another another song like the songs he had wrote before because Hank Ballard wrote sexy songs. And this twist song that he wrote was out for a while and it was on the radio for a while. And then they stopped playing it. Now the kids in the neighborhood made up a dance to the lyric of that song because Hank was not a good dancer. I don't know, he wasn't a good dancer. And then radio, as powerful as it, as it is, stopped playing the twist. Guys at the record company says, you know, Chubby, we want you to sing the twist. I said, I'm gonna sing that song. He says, he says, we already recorded the music and all you have to do is come up here and sing the song. And Chubby, I don't even want to hear it. Just get your, that word, and come up here. So I, so I got, well, I went in to the studio and I sang it four times. Yeah, I read you, you recorded the twist in 35 minutes. It's four times. Yeah. And he says, Chubby, Daddy's sleeping and Mama ain't on. Daddy's sleeping. A little flat. I says, Dave, I haven't even done my homework. <laughs> My grades are going, going, my grades are not as good as I want them to be. Graduation's coming up, Dave, they'll never know. <laughs> and I went home, <laughs> little, little did I know. Did you do your homework though, after recording the twist? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah and, but I haven't even graduated high school yet. Right. And we recorded the twist and it was just amazing. We just, we didn't know. I think, I just think it's a blessing from God. I mean, we, did, we didn't know. Right. That we're going to change the world, we're going to change the dance floor, and change a lot of things in the world that, when we came along, we didn't know that. Well, that's an intro here for the Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust here in Billboard's New York offices, absolute legend, Chubby Checker, with us here on the podcast today. Also, uh, Sherry Martirana from uh, the band Rubik's Cube, longtime friend of Chubby as well. Yes, very lucky. I ask you to join me because we work together sometimes, and... I don't want to come to Billboard all by myself. <laughs> so Sherry, why don't you come up and hang out with me a little bit? Because, you know, we do shows together sometimes. We do something in San Francisco, very exciting. And and sometimes I play and she comes in backgrounds and does things. And 
and try to keep up with him on the dance floor because it truly is a challenge. And sometimes she does Dee Dee Sharp. Yes, we do slow twisting. And we start when we, at one point in the song, there's a breakdown with the drums and the percussion. And he goes to one side of the stage and I go to the other. And by the time I get to the middle, I'm sincerely winded. And he's strong as ever, lifts me up with one arm. It's really, he's unbelievable. Oh, she is good. <laughs> so it's good. It's good being in Billboard again. Every time I come here, something's very good happening to me. And so what's happening to me today? What well, am I doing in Billboard we, today? We want to honor you again, Chubby, because uh, what did I do? Well, you're you're uh, the king of the Hot 100 because the twist. Every time we do a recap of the Billboard Hot 100, uh, it's actually the Hot 100's birthday on August fourth, uh, 1958. The Hot 100 started. So this year will be the 58th birthday of the Hot 100. Um, in 2008, for the chart's 50th anniversary. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy 50th. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. I know it's a heavy load, Billboard. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. How's that? That works. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's, it's the 58th anniversary, and every time we do a recap, the twist is the number one song of all time. The twist is as old as your chart. Yes. Older. Older? Oh, wait. Almost. Well, when was, almost, it was, written, when was the twist written? Well, I'll start in 58, because I think he gave Hank Ballard a year. He deserves that. Okay. And then I came along after that. But it's, it's okay. It's How about good. That? It's good. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Hank Ballard, I just wouldn't be around at all. Right. So, And I'm so glad that his mother gave birth to him, so <laughs> that he wrote that song. And I, But I can tell you something. He, that, he wrote that song, but that song belongs to me. I mean... He wouldn't have never did it as good as I did. He wouldn't have been as wild and crazy and good looking. <laughs> In the hair. It doesn't have the same hair. It doesn't right? have the same hair or nothing. Yeah. I mean just I mean, Hank, you wrote that song for me. I don't I know he's not here anymore. And I remember a few years back we were at the Hard Rock Cafe and a reporter says, well, Chubby, how does it feel? Hank Ballard being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you're not. I says, well, it's about time they gave him something right. because they never gave him anything. Mm. I said, he, he wrote all these great songs and he had a baby and, 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 and sexy ways and a thrill on the hill and no one ever gave him anything. And he wrote, at that time, the only song to be number one twice, mm -hmm. The Twist, I said, so by the time they gave him something, God bless you, Hank. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you did the right thing. Yeah. Yes. So you had a good relationship with Hank? Well, I, I'm not sure. I only met him a couple times. Okay. And, and one time I was in California, he came to my show, and I put him on stage and sat down and let uh -huh. him sing the song. I, the band was playing. I says, Hank, Hank, he wrote. I put him on stage and sat down and watched him sing it. Well, he, he got royalties over the years. For the song, well, he, he wrote it. He wrote the song. No, wonderful, wonderful man. You know, I talk to his kids every now and then. Oh, okay. I do, I do. But you know, he he did something great, and I, it wasn't for him. So I'm ever forever grateful. Do you remember when the song went to number one? Were you watching the charts? Were you aware of? It was in 1960, charts? near my birthday, and I had I graduated high school in February of 1960, and the song was already being played on the radio. Right. And by June. When by June, around the summer months, I made my way to the Rainbow Club in Wildwood, New Jersey, at Pacific and Spicer. That street now is called Chubby Checker. <laughs> yeah, 
but that's when it all started. And I think around that, around that time on my 18th or 19th birthday, I got a gift, and it was the number one song. Was it just a whirlwind? Did life change for you, or were you really happy and thinking, yeah, this is what I've always wanted, bring it on? What I've always wanted, yes. Now, Mom took me to the fair in Georgetown, South Carolina, where we lived. We lived near there, and I was raised on my dad's farm, and we lived a lot of the, like the Amish people. And Mom took me to the fair, and I saw Ernest Tubb. I must have been four years old. And I saw him singing up there. My mouth went open. And a couple weeks later, my aunt took me to Andrews High School and Sugar Child Robinson, the boogie-woogie piano player, was playing with his trio. And he was about 13, and I was about six. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So from the time I was four or five or six years old, I told all my friends, I'm going to be a big star. I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to be doing this. And I went doing that. I says, man, shut up. You're not going to do nothing except what you're doing. I says, no, I'm going to be a singer. And I got to tell you, by the time um, the twist came around, I says, oh, thank God it happened. That was my feeling. I said, oh, God, thank you it happened. You know, because maybe it would have never happened. Because I had friends right. that were in the music industry and nothing ever happened. And, and sometimes I wonder, of all the people, because a lot of guys sing better than me and have more talent than I have and nothing's happened to them, and here I am, and I just couldn't... Sometimes, you know, I still slap myself in the face and say, you know, wow. I mean, there's a lot of things that displease me in the music industry, but basically, the question you ask, I am living my dream. <laughs> I got... I didn't know it was going to be like this, but I'm living my dream. And the gifts that I've gotten, for me, seems like they came from God. Because men haven't given me these gifts. God has created men to give me these gifts. Having five albums in the top 12 at the same time. That's never happened to anybody. Do you know that's 60 songs? Right. Right, and no other song has gone to number one in two separate release cycles than The Twist, still, or 50-something uh, years later. First platinum. Right. First rock and roll Grammy. Of the whole 60s decade and all the stuff that happened, the number one song of the 60s, The Twist, it's, it's just... Right, it's a decade when The Beatles came along, when Elvis was still having big hits, and The Twist is Woodstock. number one. Yeah. It's crazy, this... Amazing. It's interesting how your career timed with the start of the rock era, right? Uh, just a couple years after Elvis came along, that that's pretty uh, fortuitous for timing that you were right at the forefront at the start of rock and roll. I think what rock and roll didn't have, it didn't have a dance. The young people did not have a dance. We were doing the swing. We were doing this the dances of the 30s and 40s and 50s. We were doing the swing. Mm -hmm. The kids did not have their own dance. Right. Chubby Checker came along with the twist, and now the kids had their own dance. So where'd the twist, the dance, come from? Is that from the song? Did you invent everything, it? How, how different is the twist from, from the song? Everything comes the from the inner city. Yeah. Everything comes from the inner city. Those kids are just so creative. They don't have much to work with, but the little that they have is so creative that it is an explosion 
to the music industry, everything that we have in the music industry from the inner city. Even the English came over here and went back to the inner city, took our stuff overseas, gave it the Gaelic touch, and brought it back here. I mean, it all happens in the inner So the twist came from the inner city, and I exploited it and made it something that, because nobody wanted it, the twist, what do you say? The twist was a hoe. Nobody wanted her. <laughs> they didn't want her. No, it was the, it was the other side. It was, it was the B side. By the way, I'm the right. only guy that had nine double-sided hits, too. <laughs> no one's ever had that. Nobody wanted the twist. And then Porky Chadwick, if, I'm sure the billboard knows him. Porky Chadwick in Pittsburgh. Whammo! Radio station. Yeah. So I'm going to turn this song over. I don't want to hear no toot, because the toot was the A side. I don't want to hear the toot. I'm turning it over. He turned the twist over, and the phones lit up. The rest was history. You know, in those days, they had record hops. Right. And the record hops were on sometime every day of the week. There was a record hop for some disc jockey. And he says, well, Chubby, everybody, the kids like it. And they would make sure that the kids would like it. They'd So what do you want? We want the twist. We want the twist. And they voted it in, and then they start, and they put it on the radio, and they started to play it, and they start to spread like wildfire because for the first time, Gary, you can watch your girlfriend fully dressed exploiting her sexuality right in front of you. That wasn't there before. And you know something that's so explosive? They never let it go. That style of dancing, watching her, she's watching you. That was so explosive, it never left the dance floor. It's Like I said, Taylor Swift just did ten, did Shake It Off. She did all my dances in one of her songs, right, right, on, radio, right, on, right on her video. But everything, see, everything you're seeing is nothing's new. These dances are not new. As long as someone's looking at you, you look at them. Chubby Checker did that already. It's been done. And you've said, too, uh, with the pony, uh, I like how you say, uh, what does a pony do? It hips and hops. You, you're sort of the father of hip-hop, too, in that way. A whole music generation, a whole way of music is named after one of my songs. If you throw your hands in the air, wave them like you just don't, you're doing the fly. And t Taylor just shake it off, she's doing the shake. That's all. That's what we do. And this is what we brought. It's, we call it the dancing keyboards to the way we dance. The piano has some chords on it. Well, we call the twist, the pony, the fly, the shake, the hucklebuck, the dancing keyboards to the way we do the boogie. That's Chubby Trucker. So for you, music and dance are pretty much one and the same. You really tie them together. Like, like not every artist thinks that way. We, like I said, we brought the kids a dance. We brought rock and roll a dance because before we came along, it didn't have a dance. And by the way, there was no exercising to music until we came along. Because ah. someone says, gee, you know, we're, we're dancing to the twist out there. Let's, let's, let's exercise to this stuff. And that industry was born. It's worth billions and billions of dollars. If you go to the supermarket or you go to the convenience stores, there's so many twist products everywhere. They never let it go. Country all over the place. Hottest dance sensation in the last four years, a thing called the twist. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Chubby Checker. I wanted to ask you, Chubby, uh, Dick Clark was a big influence on you, uh, American Bandstand, uh, the twist got on there, and uh, if people know, it was actually um, Dick Clark's wife at the time completed your name, your stage name, Chubby Checker. I went to the studio to do a Christmas card for Dick Clark, 
And the subject for the Christmas card was um, Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. That's what it was. So they needed someone to do the impressions of these people. And so I could do, I could imitate people very well. And so I did the impressions. And while I was there doing my fat stamina, this lady says, that's chubby? She says, that's chubby. Why not chubby like fats and checker like domino? And chubby, che and chubby became checker and chubby like fats and checker like domino. Right. And, and I got my name because several years before that, Tony Anastasio, who was my boss at the produce market, gave me the name Chubby. Right. I says, hey, you don't want to call me that. He said, you little SOB, you want to work for me? <laughs> and I, my mouth went. And he, um, I said, okay. <laughs> I, I said, okay. And I became Chubby, called me Chubby. And I didn't know that later, years later, he named me after his son. Ah. His son was named Chubby. <laughs> and he named me Chubby, and Mrs. Clark named me Checker. And Chubby became Chubby Checker. And we had a song called The Class, where I was doing impersonations again. My first hit song in 11th grade. I my first song in the 11th grade, The Class. I had a hit. Yeah, here's... Number 34 in the charts. Here it is, right? Number 38. We have a, a list of all your 32 Hot 100 yeah, hits. And I had, a, I had wow. a hit. I did. I was in high school. And... My name was Ernest. All my friends called me Ernie. And my, all the classmates said, Hey, Ernie, you chubby checker, huh? I said, Yeah, Ernie, you ch hey, Ernie, you chubby checker. <laughs> I said, Okay, all right. Ernie, Ernie, you chubby checker. Wow. So your friends weren't entirely sure that well, that was you? Well, they didn't. Well, no one knew that was chubby checker. It was, I was in high school in the 11th grade, minding my business, and had my books under my arms, talking to pretty girls. <laughs> and then, because. And, and Fabian was a big star on the magazine covers, and he was going to South Philly High as well. So I wasn't, you know, noticed too much because my fame came when I was in 12th grade, last part of 12th grade. But all my friends would say, hey, Ernie, you chubby checker. <laughs> so you're trying to impress girls in high school, and you're, you're not telling them you're chubby checker? No, I don't tell them. I won't tell anybody that. I was embarrassed, you know. Because, and, and, you know, it was it was... I think the reason why, because I thought the class was not a cool record. I mean, you know, I was cool. And the class wasn't cool enough. And when I did my show with the class, I was embarrassed because because all those cool guys were there, all these rock singers and, you know, like, you know, the Osley Brothers singing Shout and, and the Flamingos doing their song of I Only Have Eyes For You and right. Jesse Belvin singing Good Night My Love oh, and I'm going and I'm that, 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 and the black kids didn't like it too much and it was just a mess and so it wasn't cool yeah you chubby chugger <laughs> and then the twist came out and I says now I'm cool <laughs> that was cool enough for um, you. now, hey, the, twist now, now <laughs> the twist is out I'm cool and now yeah. I'm super cool on the cover of one of the magazines, I had a, I had four records on the charts or something or whatever the deal was, but it was like unheard of. It was amazing. Now you're the all-time king of the Hot 100. It was just, it was just amazing. <laughs> it was just amazing. And at that time, it, it just wasn't, for a kid like me, I wasn't an R&B singer. 
I didn't fight up. To, I didn't fight in the ranks of R and B to become a pop singer. I was an instant pop singer. I mean, I got treated like Ricky Nelson and Frankie Avalon and you know all of the big sing- Elvis. I was treated like that right from the beginning. It was 1960. Right. I was going to ask you, uh, with the legendary uh, career you've had, the longevity. What what artists did you hang out with in the 60s? Were Were you meeting Elvis? Were you meeting the Beatles? Who who, who were some of your Didn't contemporaries? Meet, you know, I never hang out with, with singers. No? I'm not, I'm not friends with many Except me. entertainers at all. <laughs> at all. I just, mean, really, just, I just... Just Sherry. No, they're, they're into things that I'm not into. Yeah? yeah I'm really a straight guy. I'm really, really super straight. I mean, the only time I go... Anytime, the only time I become Chubby Checker is when I go in the phone booth and change. Other than that... <laughs> you got the uniform Other than that, on you, just, here today. You, know, I'm just, you don't even pay attention to me because... I, just, I only do it when it's time that the band's ready to go and we yeah. get on a tour bus and and we get and we go out there and do it other than that I'm just not an entertainer there was the uh, the Eagles documentary and that reminds me of Timothy B Schmidt one of the members said I'm I'm an eagle when it's time to be an eagle you know I'm doing the dishes right before you guys came here <laughs> exactly to, to film this I'm that guy I'm around the house fixing things and doing things it doesn't happen until this time Chubby Checker doesn't come out of his cocoon until it's time to do it other than that I don't care about it I really don't you know, I'm I'm home. I do my thing. And my wife and I can go to the movies or something. We sneak in places. And, but you know, I'm just in fact I'm, where I live. Very few people know I even live there. I'm just so laid back. You know, that kind of goes back apparently to when you were in school and you were trying to for 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 as much as you'll say uh, I invented this. I'm the father of this. You you have this whole humble side at the same time where you you, you don't want the attention. You know, I just it's not it's it's when it's when, it, when it's time to go on stage. I think the only thing that that bothers me a lot is that we have so much fame and we get such little recognition from the broadcast community. It's really, like I said, you know, it's just back in the day I could go to a disc jockey and, and, and I could go out and do 40 record hops in two weeks and if they liked the record, people would play it and then it would take off. That doesn't happen anymore in the music industry. The other thing I know along those lines that you've been pretty outspoken about is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You mentioned before how they finally gave an honor to the writer of the twist, Hank Ballard, but you've, for a long time, and you're not the only artist, uh, Chicago, who just got in. There's so many acts that even when they get in, as thankful as they are, they still uh, wind up saying, what took you so long? Right, and Steve Miller recently. Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I don't care if I never get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It means nothing to me. I am the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I once made a, I put it in Billboard magazine, by the way. It goes back to 2001, 2000 and something. I said, I want them to put a statue of Chubby Checker in the courtyard of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inviting all the people in to rock and roll. Why do you want such an honor, Mr. Checker? I said, because every singer in there makes millions of dollars because I put something for them to make money from. What is that? I said, the dances that they do to their music is what I put there. It's like the telephone in your office, for God's sakes. You know? It's, it's like the light bulb that Edison put the light bulb in here. Grandpa put the phone in here. Everybody uses it. Chubby Checker put the dance floor down there. Everybody uses mm-hmm. it. So put me in the courtyard so that, not Elvis, Put me in the courtyard, inviting everybody into rock and roll. Why? Because 
everybody in there owes me something. Even Mick Jagger admitted that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I said, everybody in there owes me something. So don't put me in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Put me in the courtyard. I don't have to be there. So when everybody comes and they see Chubby Chuck, and please don't do it when I'm dead, because I'm not going to see it. And I'm not going to enjoy it. I want to do it while I'm alive and well. And I don't want people to think, listen to this interview, saying this guy thinks he's all that. It's not that. It's not that at all. I'm a very humble individual. It's just that we've done things that has never been done in the music industry. And, and, and since I'm not getting the airplay that I think I deserve, no one knows very much about Chubby Checker, although I'm very famous. And this is why I talk about it. Because if they were doing it, I wouldn't talk about it. But I have to talk about it in order to... September 21st, it's National Twist Day, nationwide. We are, it's to, it's helping childhood cancer. So it's National Twist Day, and I'd like for every radio station in the whole world to play The Twist, because it's Twist Day, September 21st, National Twist Day, helping cure childhood cancer. Oh, I just want to bring that up. The Childhood Cancer Organization is, is, is putting it together. Oh, great. They're doing it. They're the one. You know when they threw water on everybody? Same thing. Right. Same thing. That's happened on 21st. I'm on the road in every town. The girls, they come to me. When I get up on the stage, it's such a sight to see. You have new music out still. I'm always amazed at how you're still touring. You do a lot of uh, tour dates, and, and Sherry, you, you guys uh, perform together. But this new song you've put out, um, Chevy, really surprised me. It's called Looking For Me because it's so country. It just It's more country than I would have expected. It goes back to Ernest Tubb. Yeah. <laughs> it's still here, Ernest Tubb. I saw Ernest Tubb. I was born in 1941. There was no rock and roll around. There was... Country music, bluegrass, in South Carolina where I came from. I never heard no, heard no rock and roll music. We heard some, some um, Louis Jordan, straighten up and fly right, cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top, Caledonia, ah, what makes your big head so hard, pow, those kind of songs, boy, boy, boy. That's what it was back then. But if it wasn't that, it was. I love you so much it hurts me, and that's why I love you so. And it, it, it played such a special part in my heart. It touched me. Country music touches me. And that's why when I sing it, it's really authentic. Baby, 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 take it easy. most best looking guy that's 75 years old in the whole world. <laughs> I'll be 75 October 3rd and looking beautiful. And the that's true. And the president of all the singers in the world, vice president is who? Carlos Santana. <laughs> ah, You're Right, yes. number one song of all time on the Hot 100, The Twist. Number two is Smooth. Yeah, and the thing is, no, the, thing, the twist is the president of all the singers, Chubby Checker. Who's the vice president? So, Carlos Santana. Why? Because he has the second best song of, of all time. So that's the end of that. 
It might be might be the, the most fun we're having in election season. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say that. We can, all, we can all agree I like this. this election a lot yeah. better, a lot better. <laughs> How do you keep up with him, uh, Sherry? <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. I mean that. Yeah. It truly is. Yes. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys do perform together in concert. Yeah, we do. Right? I do as much as I can. I play with the Rubik's Cube and the she, 80 Strikes. Back she does. Show, D, she does D D Sharp. Let me tell and then you. She does a backup. Though the first time I ever did it with him, we never rehearsed or anything. And then he sent, you know, he sent me the the recording of him with D D Sharp, which I'd heard, but I referenced it anyway. And I said, okay, so this is this this is the way we're going to do it live. And then he said, right when the song starts, you come out from behind the stage and join me. And the song started, but it was four times faster than the original. So he. <laughs> he, he plays it even faster right. now than he did then. Well, and the thing, the thing is, I just thought and that we danced. It's it's a little slow. It's not slow twisting. And it it's <laughs> too many beats between what I need to make to make it happen for a live audience. And she is has a lot of energy, <laughs> and she it would it fit perfectly. But yeah. o- over time, artists are slowing mm-hmm. down their songs, and he's and you know, speeding, speeding them, up, them and up. He has more energy. I pick them ever, up a little bit because more I want to. If I if I go out and play an hour and a half, it happens so quickly that people, they say, "Oh, he's here. Oh, he's gone," because we we never let them rest. I don't give them. A minute to do anything except enjoy, mm-hmm. and I give them things that they like. I I do I do Peggy Sue, ah. I do, I do I do I do Peggy Sue because I played Clear Lake for the Buddy Holly celebration. I said let's learn Peggy Sue, so we went there and did the twist, and they want us to come back on, and I drummer went into Peggy Sue, and the place just went crazy, and and I said, <clears throat> and I went my Peggy. And and I hold my arms up, and the whole audience, is like, my pig, it's amazing, like a, like the like the national anthem. It's so. I mean, when I come off stage, I look at the band and say, "Did we really do that?" Because I'm excited. Because we, and out of the middle of nothing, I'll be in the audience doing something with the, on the slow twisting, and all of a sudden it'll stop, and the piano starts playing, and I go into changes, and you can't hear a pin drop. It's just like, oh, I mean, I do that well. Yes, I really do that. Very emotional. Well. I, I do that yeah. well. I just, you know, I, it's 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 one of the great things in my life that I do, and I'm just going to do it. I want. I just want more people <clears throat> to know about Chubby Checker, and I always say, if they wait too long to give me awards when I'm too old, Chubby, we want you to do this. It's, I see you too late. What do you mean? I says I'm not coming. You're too late. Why? I said, I passed that already. Well, I said, no, no. I said, you did it on purpose, so I wouldn't make any money. I don't need any money right now. And I'm in a different place, so I don't want it. Thank you. Now, when they say, Mr. Checker, we want you to come to wherever that place, Norway or Sweden somewhere, we have a Nobel Prize for you. I said, now we're talking. We're going to see about that. I says, somebody, go to get a Nobel Prize. I want to say, well, somebody got it right. Thank you. God bless. That's it. You seem, you don't seem bitter. You seem really happy with your place. And even if there are some uh, some acknowledgments you haven't gotten. Let you me tell you place. something. As long as you're fighting for something, it keeps it interesting. No, I'm not bitter about anything. In fact, you know, I love everybody. I think I think my audience picks that up when I go out there. You know, I don't have any enemies. And if I do, I don't care. I didn't do anything to them. And I don't even care. I go out there and do what I do, and I smile, and I have a good time. I have no reasons to be upset about anything. 
I think the only thing that upsets me is when my checkbook is not where I want it to be, and I get upset about that. <laughs> Other than that, everything's wonderful. You're not alone in that. Yeah, that's Jeremy. that's only uh, upsets me. Well, if my girl is not acting right, that upsets me. You know, that's a, hey, because hey, that's a big deal, you know. If your girl is not... You know, she's not happy or something's wrong. That's not good. How is she not happy with you? Well, who knows? You know, women. Excuse me. Hey. Ah, hello. <laughs> a, a smart man has to be able to just cool it with a woman. He's got like this. You know, she does something. You just you kind of just look at it and say nothing and 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 keep watching and see what's going on. That, so, honey, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> well, uh, well, what, what can I do? Anything? <laughs> I said, can I fix this? Well, you can do that. So, okay. And then hour later, everything's fine. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't, they, they argue too good. You don't argue with a woman. Don't fight with them. Don't say nothing. And then, and then if you, if you, then, you know, they'll hold back on that thing and then you really be upset. <laughs> you know, and it's just the way it is, you know. So, but other than that, in the checkbook, I'm fine. You know? You're a treasure. We love you here at Billboard, Chubby. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. I know it's a heavy load, Billboard. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> Thank you, Tubby.